This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from 11 to 1. Now, Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back. Terrible news this morning on so many fronts. We have just learned that Rob Ford has passed away. I'm now going to read a statement. With heavy hearts and profound sadness, the Ford family announces the passing of their beloved son, brother, husband, and father, Counselor Rob Ford, earlier today at the age of 46. A dedicated man of the people, Counselor Ford spent his life serving the citizens of Toronto. The family asks that you respect their privacy and join them in their grieving and their sorrow. Once again, Rob Ford passed away earlier today. The former mayor, the city councillor at the age of 46 from cancer. Now, um, we are going to be taking your calls so that you can express your condolences and your thoughts about this terrible news. Once again, Rob Ford passed away this morning. The other terrible news we have this morning is that terror attack in Belgium. So far, 36 people killed, over 130 injured. And uh, now the worst has happened. That was the word from the Belgian Prime Minister and Manuel Val, the French Prime Minister, says, we are at war. As we heard in Jane's news, dozens of people have been killed, uh, more than 100 injured. There were multiple explosions. So are we at war? And has the war come here? Right now I'm with Ross McLean, the security and counterterrorism expert. He is with Ross McLean Security. And before we get to that, I'm going to give out the phone numbers. So we would like to hear from you on the terror attack. Also, if you have anything to say about Rob Ford's passing, the number is 416-360-0740 or toll-free 866 740. And Ross McLean, are we at war? Yeah, absolutely we are at war. You know, it's very refreshing to see that now we're seeing all the world leaders are using the word terror when they're describing the attacks as being terror. I, I think the next stage that we have to get to is they have to call this for what it is, which is a war. You know, my understanding is the President of France has come out and called it a war. He said Europe is under attack. They know they're living it. And so I think we have to start treating it as a war and not as some sort of police action where we have, we're going to prosecute them, we're going to wait till people commit terror crimes, then arrest them for terror crimes. You have to prevent these crimes, uh, Libby. Uh, well, we know that in Belgium, certainly, they were on high alert, yet they were not able to prevent this terrible event. Yeah, well, this is the deal with that, though. We, you have to look at it. You look at Canada, even. We've certainly had our instances of terror attacks here. We had the two soldiers that were killed. We just had two that were knifed. We had the attack on the Via Rain tra uh, trains. 
uh, doing those sort of things. And in the one where one soldier was killed, he was run over. The RCMP were aware of that person. They were aware of him. They knew he was radicalized. They were in touch with him. They were interviewing with him. But our laws, they didn't feel at the time, allowed them to pick him up, put him under a peace bond, and deal with them. And I said at the time that that's not the way we have to deal with this. Fortunately, post that, the RCMP came out and said they're going to be more aggressive with using that section of the criminal code that allows them to go out and get peace bonds on people. But we have to start treating this as a war, not as a police action. You know, our police are here to, they're peacekeepers. They're not military, they're not war. But they have become, just like they have in Belgium today and in Paris, they have become the front line on the war on terror. Okay, but there's always that tension between civil liberties and preventing terror. And I guess the question is always whether we have that balance right. Uh, Let's go to the phones and take a call from one of our listeners. Uh, Keith in Rochester, New York. Hello, Keith. Uh, The problem with fighting this terrorism, especially Islam, is that everyone is forced to be politically correct, and we are not allowed... We are not to uh, call the enemy for what it is. In, in the United States, this starts at the very top with our so-called president. I want to ask the expert. My uh, first name is Keith. Uh, that comes from my mother's side, Scottish and English. But the family name, sir, is German. Uh, I have other ethnicities in me, but if you were to hear my surname, oh, it's a, a Jerry Kraut name. Why, why were we allowed to call the Germans and Japs, what they were in World War II, but we are not allowed to call the Muslims what they are because we have to be so politically correct. Loud and clear, everyone, we are at war with Islam. There may be some good Muslims, there may be hundreds of millions of good Muslims, but there are a lot of bad ones out there who want to cut our throats. Why are we, unlike World War II parlance, not allowed to call the enemy today for what it is. Okay, Keith, let, um, let, let Ross answer you. Is political correctness a problem here, Ross? Political correctness is part of the problem, and Keith has it nailed down, although Keith used the very provocative language that has been used in the past to describe this. You know, the biggest issue that we have here is we don't have the language to deal with this. You know, up until this Without being accused of being racist. Right. So if you try and say Muslims cause problems without saying Islamic uh, Muslims who believe in political Muslim as opposed to Muslims who believe in religious Muslims. See, there's different sects of Muslims. So as soon as you use the one word, people jump in to try and and shut down the conversation. We we have to say that, that, um, well... Islam is a is a whole system. It's political it's and a political and movement. It's not that's, just but, a religion, but we're it's talking a about radical movement. Islam here. So let's let's just be clear. We are talking about radical Islam that believes in jihad, and uh, you know there are. Many, many, many peace-loving Muslims, uh, Ross. Well, in fact, you'll find that this, and you can ask your next guest about this if you get a chance to talk to him. But he does more in the undercover work. But they, they've done profiles on a lot of the North American lone wolf type Muslims, and what they found is they're not straight from those countries. They're second generation from those countries here, and the people they're not right into the religious aspects of Muslim, but they're into the political aspects of Muslim. And if you were to ask them about the loving parts of Muslim, they'd look at you like they don't know what they're talking about. So Keith is right. You know, the listeners uh, care about this. They want to get around political correctness. They want to get to the problem. Okay, Keith, thanks a lot for your call. Okay, uh, we're going to segue a little bit here, Ross, because we have people saying 
uh, uh, hanging on the line who uh, want to give some uh, condolences and comments on the passing of Rob Ford. Uh, Richard in Mississauga. Hi, Richard. How are you? Fine. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I just like to condone to Rob Ford. I'm very sorry what happened to him. Yep. Uh, anything else you wanted to say to the yes, family I'm, of Rob Ford? Yes. Uh, oh, I don't know how to say it, but um, so many things are happening in this world right now that uh, it's hard to uh, express yourself sometimes. You know, Libby, I, I knew Rob Ford a little bit. I interviewed him a few times, and he is that exact guy who's not politically correct, which is why people loved him, because they were, he would talk, you know, correctly about everything, taxes, parks, people, everything. And that's one of the reasons people loved him, and I feel so sorry for the family. Yes, uh, so tragic. He was so young, 46 years old, and this terrible... Uh, form of cancer, and they were not able to get it under control. And it's 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 one of the tough ones, and it's also quite rare. And uh, boy, I think um, everybody also, you know, quite a bit overwhelmed at the outpouring of of love for Rob Ford and uh, his family. The way his family was there for him at the end, really uh, something to admire. Our country, Canadians, we're driven by love. We really are. That's what the driving force. The fear comes out. The madness comes out a lot. Uh, but we're driven by love. And he was such a fighter, Libby. I never seen such a tough guy. I never, you know, two days before he was diagnosed, I watched him run up a, about seven flights of stairs. And he's just incredible what a fighter that guy was. And two days later, he was down, you know, for the count with the, the pain coming across. And uh, he, I tell you, he loved the city. He, loved, he loves people. And, and they loved him. I saw it. Okay, we're going to take a quick break now, and we will be back with more after the break. And once again, uh, if you're just tuning in, terrible news this morning, both locally and internationally. Uh, Rob Ford passed away this morning at the age of 46. The numbers before we go, 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from 11 to 1. Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back. Well, I'm here with Ross McLean, and Ross McLean is in studio to talk about the terror attacks when we both learned the terrible news that Rob Ford passed away this morning. And uh, Ross... You knew, Rob, because you were looking at providing security for him when there were threats against him. Yeah, I used to do one part of uh, one of the things I did in the past life. I did close protection for the rich and famous. So, you know, when when Rob had the death threats and those other issues, I was asked by some other media people to come in and take a look at his security and comment on it. And I got to talk to him. And, of course, uh, Rob got, uh, you know, a really good security guy with him, Big Jerry. Everybody remembers Big Jerry when he got in there. Uh, for doing the work, and he was good. But, you know, Rob was so strong. I would watch him, uh, Libby, at the uh, his Ford Fests, and we had meetings, and people would line up. There's always a problem when you worry about people coming up to you when you're in the public so much. And I watched him stand for hours and take these pictures and smile with people. They'd jump in his arms, and he didn't flinch. I got tired watching him stand there, <laughs> yes. let alone, you know, standing there smiling all the time. He loved the people, and the people, they just loved him. They just loved him. Uh, yeah, and he was a very obviously controversial guy. This is not the time uh, to talk about that. But again, it's that whole aspect of, of 
no political correctness that people really connected with. Yeah, but, you know, by the same token, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. You're seeing the same sort of uh, political tactics go on against Trump. He's a racist. He's Hitler. He's this. He had the same things going on. And, yeah, Rob had some demons. You know, he had some demons with, his, with the addictions that came up to him uh, later in his life. But, you know, it's funny. The very people that were ripping at him and attacking him at that time are the same people banding together now to say, we're going to put safe injection sites in the city because it's the right thing to do. We care about people who are addicts. We have to look after them. So, you know, a lot of hip- hypocritical talk, but I want to, I'd like to focus on just what a great, great guy he was, what a great father he was too. Okay. Let's, uh, let's hear from some of our listeners because they've been wa- waiting patiently to have their say. Margaret in Toronto. Hi, oh, Margaret. Good morning, Libby. First, may I say congratulations. It'll be nice to have you on at 12. Okay. Thank but you very I much. I say that I'm disappointed about the 11 at 11. Uh, you know what? The, on on the programming things, you know, send an email. Okay. Send an email, right, but uh, I, it says I'd here like you to wanted to say that, something about Rob um, Ford. I would like to express how sorry I am about um, Mayor Ford, and I'm kind of psychic and knew about it. Like felt it for about a month ago and started to uh, pray for him and his family. But what I'd like to say is that I hope that. The enemies of uh, Rob Ford, the media press and the city hall people who uh, had it in for him from the beginning would send a very apologetic letter to his family. And I hope they have a guilty conscience of the the stress and the shame that they put on uh, Rob Ford because they went after him so uh, so maliciously. Well, that, I, I don't uh, know if people had it out for him. I mean, you know, he did a lot of, he was the mayor, and, and, you know, the mayor is in a lot of ways political fair game. And I think that everybody, it seems to me, even his political enemies uh, banded together to wish him all the best and strengthen his illness. Would you agree with that, Ross? Yeah, you know, it's it's time to do that. It's yeah. time to get together and be... And we did, but they did already. I mean, even his They're political... Coming there. They're coming there. But, you know, it's... It, it's Listen, for me, it was tough because I heard them rip, rip the guy pretty bad. But if they can say, you know, we've had a change of heart and we're going to treat everybody better going forward, enemies or not, that's what I'd like. That's me personally, though. Okay, Margaret, thanks for your call. Because they're denying it, denying it, denying it. And the leader of ISIS, I don't care whether it sounds good or bad, is no other than Barack Hussein Obama. Oh, oh uh, the, I, I think that's a, a little far-fetched. Thanks for your call, Margaret. Okay, uh, we are going to Remy in Toronto. Uh, Remy in Toronto, hi, how are you? Yes, I'm good, thank you. Thank uh, you for giving me the opportunity to for the last time, because I did support Rob Ford. Yes. Okay, I did send the letters together with Doug Ford to thank me, okay? Yep. So this is a great uh, sympathy to his family, okay? Mm-hmm. Because I had uh, the same experience. I have lost my partner as well. So I know exactly how they are feeling. You, to cancer? And we, Did... lost, and we lost one great letter here in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I, that's all I can say, you know? You know, I, I, I did uh, appreciate all he did because he worked for the low-income people like me. 
Mm-hmm. His his appeal, Libby, was across the board. I mean, you went out to the um, to the, the Ford Fest and that. I actually got in a bit of a discussion with one journalist writing about it. He tried to say that it was mostly uh, white people there and black people. Don't. I'm telling you, there was more brown people there, people of different ethnicities who loved and appreciated Rob. And he'd talk to them. He'd go, he'd see them, he'd work with them like this. I know that Rob, I watched him do this. When someone would tell him a problem, his staff went nuts because he called the staff and said, get right out and look after Mrs. He, So-and-So's sewer. He was, you know, uh, they call that retail politics. Yeah. And and at the city level, that's what it's about mostly. It's not about, you know, highfalutin policy, but it's it's I have a problem with the sewer or I have a problem with garbage or, or whatever it may be. And he used to uh, deal with it, and, and he answered his own phone. Yeah, he, he really was the on-the-ground politician. I watched him one time out at Guildwood Parkway. They had a problem with all the bugs were eating the trees and tearing them down. They're going to tear down all these trees. Well, he came out, the public's all there, the people are all there who are concerned about it, and they said, well, how will we know when he's coming? I said, well, when you see a helicopter fly over, that's going to be the news copter, you know, looking after his car when it comes up. And sure enough, it came up. But he walked around for 45 minutes, talked with people, he talked to the botanist, he wanted to hear everything that was going on, and he said, okay, I'll give you my decision on this tomorrow, so I'm going to look at this and we'll have this looked at. I mean, just just, just tremendous. And you know what? He, he was a guy who lived to work and do politics, too. He lived for politics. He loved it. Okay, let's uh, let's take another call. Thanks, Remy. Uh, and uh, now we're going to Ed in uh, Toronto. And uh, Ed, I think you've you've been calling in talking about Rob. Um, this must be a big blow for you. It is. Uh, I agree with everything your uh, fellow commentator there is saying because I attended uh, after a couple of years some of his Ford Fests and even a, a smaller event. Um, on Oakwood, where there was about 20 people there. Uh, it was uh, a quick up, but he still showed up and spent time in between, uh, you know, in between visits. But there's so many things that he he did, like uh, he, I could see that all the people seemed to love him uh, at these events, and he took time, uh, you know, to shake all the hands and, and go out to these, uh, you'd see the he tried to get away from the news, but they'd follow him when he went to a housing development in Scarborough or somewhere to check on problems, eh? that sort of thing. And uh, his big problem started, and uh, uh, if you remember correctly, he asked every city department to cut 5% from their budgets. you remember that? Uh, yeah. It was after all the councillors. And that's when things started going uh, bad for him with the media and the police. Bill Blair didn't want to cut 5%. He said, you'll cut 5%. He cut 2.5% at first. And then uh, he said, you'll have that 5% off by the end of the year. Okay, Ed. Uh, But also, uh, he was going to privatize the police force, uh, half of it like he did with the garbage. I think the people, if they want to do a tribute to Rob Ford, they should follow up his work and privatize half the police force and put private security in because we know they can do the job from the machete and knife things. And if you go into any mall, you see how they diffuse. Okay, Ed, we happen to have a security expert with us. Uh, Ross, what, what do you think of Ed's idea? 
Yeah, well, he, he wasn't talking about privatizing the police force, yeah. per se. He, he was talking no, about no, the... No, he was. I spoke to him. Okay, I just yeah. let's, let's, let's hear from the expert. Thanks, yeah. Ed. But, but there's no doubt about it. Uh, with Rob and with Doug, they, they were for the policemen in the street, despite the fact they had with all the problems with the police chief at the top, you know, when they went on it. And they understand, you under, like you say, they understand street uh, politics, retail politics. He understood street policing as well, too. He, he had lots of police officers who've been on for a long time who he knows. And, uh, look, I, I, it, we're, I'm sure we're going to hear a great statement or some uh, information out of Mayor Tory a little bit later, too, who's in a pretty tough place. He was a competitor with Rob, and, and he competed hard, and Rob did, too. But I know, I know that uh, Mayor Tory is someone who's done a lot of work for charity. He's given a lot of money to hospitals, same as the Fords have done the last little while. And hopefully we'll see some coming together and healing uh, there, Libby. Okay, let's uh, take our next caller, uh, Earl in Oakville. Hi, Earl. Hi, Libby. I'd like to express my condolences to the Ford family. I never met Rob, but he seemed like he really cared and is a real lovable guy, and I'm going to miss him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people are going to miss him. Libby, I I watched people, like I said, at the Ford Fest for the pictures. They'd come up. They wouldn't just come up and say, hello, Mr. Mayor, do this. I watched people jump into his arms, (laughs) and he would catch them and hold them and smile and take the pictures. The sweat would be pouring down off of them. I remember one time talking to his security guy. He said, I got to get I got to get my boss a break here. I said, what's going on? He said, his bladder's going to go. He's, he's been standing here for two <laughs> hours. He's drinking water in the hot sun. And sure enough, he had a fight to get him out. And I tell you, there was nobody, uh, nobody tougher than Rob Ford. Nobody okay. tougher. I, I watched him one time, uh, Libby. He was making an escape. This is when the media was chasing him really fast. We were at a, uh, a fundraising dinner. And he got up like he was going to the washroom, but he had, had it set up that he was making the dash to his car. And he moved like a lineman in the NFL. He's fast, too. He was a big guy, but in good shape. Okay, uh, I've just uh, received a statement uh, from Mayor Tory about the passing of former Toronto Mayor Rob Ford, and I'm going to read it out now. I am saddened to learn of the passing of Rob Ford, husband, father, city councillor, and former mayor of Toronto. The city is reeling with this news, and my thoughts are with his wife, Renata, and their two children, as well as Rob's brothers, Doug and Randy, his sister, Kathy, his mother, Diane, and the rest of their tight-knit family, including TDSB trustee Michael Ford. I've known Rob Ford for many years. Here comes the private part. He was a man who spoke his mind and who ran for office because of the deeply felt convictions he had. As a councillor, mayor, and private citizen, Rob Ford reached out directly to people across the city with a phone call, an offer of advice or support, and I know there are many who are affected by his gregarious nature and approach to public service. I had the chance to visit him not long ago, and while he was clearly not well, he was happy to hear me say I looked forward to his return to City Hall. Sadly, that won't happen But whatever differences we had, he knew I meant it. His time in City Hall included moments of kindness, of generosity to his council colleagues, and real efforts to do what he thought was best for Toronto. He was, above all else, a profoundly human guy whose presence in our city will be missed. And on behalf of the people of the City of Toronto, I offer my sincere condolences to his loved ones at this time. So once again, that was the statement from Toronto Mayor John Tory on the passing of Rob Ford. Ross McLean, thank you so much for joining us and for giving us your insights both on the terror. We are going to have to have another chat about that. And your your 
personal memories of Rob Ford. Uh, this news broke as we were sitting here. Very, very sad news today. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we will be back with more. Stay with us. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from 11 to 1. Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back. Very sad news today on the passing of Rob Ford earlier this morning at the age of six from a rare form of cancer. The phone lines are open so you can give us your reminiscences of Rob Ford, your thoughts for his family at this time. 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. I'm here with security expert Ross McLean who has some personal reminiscences. Uh, Before we talk to him and open the phone lines, I would like to read a message from Premier Kathleen Wynne. It was with deep sadness that I learned that former Toronto Mayor Rob Ford has passed away. As the son of the late Doug Ford Sr., a former MPP, Rob Ford grew up in a family with a strong tradition of political involvement and community service, and he upheld that tradition throughout his life. In 2000, at the age of just 31, Rob Ford became a city councillor for Ward 2 at Etobicoke North. He served three terms in that role before being elected as the mayor of Toronto's, of Canada's, excuse me, largest city. Okay, so that was condolences from Premier Kathleen Wynne. Before uh, the break, we heard condolences from Mayor John Tory. Uh, Let's go to the phone lines, and Ross is here if you want to ask him anything. So uh, we have Walter in Hamilton. Hi, Walter. Oh, hi. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, first, I'd like to comment about uh, the passing of Ford, and I offer condolences to the, the loss of the family. I myself have dealt with the loss of my dad because of cancer. Right. And a dear friend I had for 43 years passed on because of cancer. And right now I've got another dear friend of mine who's battling prostate cancer. So I think I have a few rounds out of that thing, and I have a pretty good idea what it is to uh, lose those you love through this horrible disease and I hope someday they'll find a cure for it. Absolutely. I'm, I, don't, I don't know if you're aware I am a, a two-time cancer survivor and I'm very involved uh, with some of the causes related to cancer and to raise awareness and, and you know every day I know uh, how lucky I am to be here with us mm-hmm. because uh, the diseases that I had were quite serious. I was very fortunate that we have great health care here, amazing health care. Uh, but I, too, I mean, I lost both my parents to oh. cancer and, and many friends uh, who, like Rob, went way too soon because of this terrible disease. On, on top of everything, his was a rare form of cancer, and that always makes it more, more difficult. difficult. Yeah. Well, God bless your soul, because this this is not an easy thing to deal with. And uh, like I said, God bless your soul, and I wish you the best to stay healthy and strong as possible. And, you know, I wish you all the very best. Okay, thank you very much for your call. Okay, bye-bye. You know, Libby, there was uh, Rob Ford. He also represents people, as you say, cancer victims. They saw what a fighter he was, how many rounds of chemotherapy he went through. It was just, you know, almost unbearable. 
But I'll tell you this, just another story about Rob Ford, the sort of guy he was. When he was checked into the hospital that first night when he had the pain, yep. they took him in, they saw it's a tumor, they put him into the hospital. You know, we, I managed to talk with, uh, along with Joe Warrington of the Toronto Sun, we're doing the story at the hospital, a guy came out who was visiting someone right in the room that Rob Ford was in. Oh. We just happened to run into him yeah. down, down, down the street. So Joe talked to him and he said, oh yeah, the mayor's in there. It was great. He's going around the floor asking everybody how they're doing. Are they okay? Can he get anything for them? He wasn't concerned about himself. He just got diagnosed basically. And he's going wow. to bed. He's asking other people what they're in for. He just, he, he was a giver to people. That's for sure. I mean, that I can, I can tell you from experience that that moment when, when they tell you what the problem is, because um, when I was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, which is very serious, mm-hmm. it was also, I had, you know, bad pain and I, it, I ended up in emergency after a lot of people didn't know what it was. And that's, uh, that is, it's a really difficult moment. And to hear that, uh, you know, when that happened to him, he also had the presence of mind and the time to think of others, that, that says something about the guy. It, it really does. You know, you, you make the point there, uh, Libby. When these sort of things smack you hard in the face, everybody has an idea what they're going to do until it actually happens to them, you know, and then you see what comes out of people and how they have to manage it. So to all the listeners, your listeners out there who suffered or know people, uh, you know, God bless. Okay, well, here, let's take a call from Steve in Brampton. Hello, Steve. Oh, hi, Libby. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Uh, First of all, I congratulate you on being a survivor. Thank you. Uh, uh, My condolences go out to the Ford family. Uh, My own family, we currently have a a survivor, uh, breast cancer. We have someone who's dealing with a brain tumor at the moment, and we've had lots of losses. But I I identify with Rob very closely uh, because I... I lost my wife on the weekend. Sorry? I lost my wife on the weekend. Oh, no, I'm so um, sorry to hear that. She had the same cancer as Rob. Oh. It was a very, very rare cancer. And, in fact, we had, and sometimes she had the same doctor who was the top sarcoma doctor, I believe, in Toronto. We were down at Mount Sinai in the fall. My wife was being imaged, and we just happened to see Rob Ford walking down the hall. And there was the, the one thing about someone who's, who's going through cancer, and anyone who's been through this will know this, that there's always a lot of well-intentioned people with their own cures or something they saw on the Internet or some, something. And as I say, it's all very well-intentioned, but it can be a little overwhelming and a little tiresome after a while. I was the... Oh, I know exactly what you mean, yes. Yeah. And, and it is well-intentioned, uh, so, but... Um, we managed to avoid all of that, but I did watch Rob's case very carefully because there was a lot of suggestions made that we should be going to Mexico or going to the States. And all of the medical advice, and I had some excellent uh, yes, palliative care. Yes, I, I, I know those doctors, so they're about as good as it gets, really. Everybody says that. I've seen it on my Facebook page. People have lost people like this dear man. And I'm so sorry what, for your we're loss. We're so sorry for your loss. And, and, and so how, how, um, how long was your wife uh, ill with this terrible form? She was re-diagnosed in May. We, we, she had a hysterectomy in, in, a year ago, and we thought everything was clear. And then in May, she had a complaint that had nothing to do with that, and her family doctor, who's excellent, decided to do some imaging and found that there was a tumor there the size of an orange. And from then on, it was... uh, So we started into aggressive chemo at Sunnybrook in June. And um, 
it just wasn't working. Um, by Labor Day, the tumor had doubled in size. And from Labor Day on, it was really a tough slug here at home. Uh, I mean, I was I was honored to be able to be her caregiver. She wanted to stay out of the hospital if she could. And there is an excellent hospice in Inglewood, which we did the tour of, but we wanted, if possible, to keep her at home. And uh, as I say, we had an excellent palliative team that came to the home, CCAC, every, and we did some private nursing as well. But my point is that I watched... I watched the Rob case very carefully because the, the whole Ford family has such a fantastic attitude, fighting attitude, which you, you have to admire. Whether you like them or not, you have to admire their, their fight. And I thought, well, here's a family with you know, some means, and if, if Rob goes to Mexico and gets cured, uh, not that I wish he wouldn't get cured, but if he goes down there and finds a cure, I'm going to feel really guilty about the decisions that we made with respect to my wife. Well, you know, you know, you know what, caller. It sounds like everybody I know that talk about that hospital, and you know it better than I do, as Libby does. They do the best for you. It doesn't matter if you got no pennies or all the pennies in your pocket for doing it. And you know, Rob Ford, uh, when he knew, he, had, he raised so much money for the hospitals and for cancer. I watched him. He was walking around selling his bobblehead dolls. He wants money. He wants to find cures for it, and maybe something will come out of this. Well, Steve, you know, uh, first of all. Uh, my heart goes out to you, but kudos for you for keeping your wife at home because that is not easy, even with all the support. And you mentioned you had some CCAC and also private nursing, so it is also, by the way, expensive because... C- Hello? Hi, I'm here. I'm yeah. sure the, the mailman's come to the door. Oh, okay. So kudo, kudos to you for doing that, and, and we know that uh, as desirable as that is, it is... Very difficult. And just last week, uh, we had a long talk with with, um, the issues person from the Canadian Cancer Society about the need for more good palliative care because really it's hospital, full-on hospital care is not necessarily the right place for a person at that point. Even a great hospital. Even a great hospital, though uh, at Sinai and also at Princess Margaret, they do have uh, a, a limited amount of a palliative care unit that's set up a bit more for that, but but they don't have all the room that that they need. And um, you know, I I just want to say one more thing about this this whole business about fighting. Uh, to me, and I know everybody says uh, you know passing away after a fight with cancer. I mean, I don't think that's a helpful way of looking at it because people people don't pass away because they lost a fight. You know, cancer is something that you are either able to live with or not. And and again, you know, this suggestion that somehow you are losing a fight if you pass away from cancer, I think it's wrong. Yeah, I think it's I think it's just a metaphor that people use that can you t- you can take either way. It's just the life force and love. And I, I love that this man had the courage to call in and share his story. Uh, with us and with the listeners. Yeah. Uh, God bless you for doing that, sir, and, and sharing that. Steve, is there anything that you would like to uh, leave all our listeners with? And again, uh, our our sympathies on the loss of your wife, and thank you so much for sharing your story. I will leave, I will leave one thing. First of all, she was an incredible patient, so it made my job easy. Yeah. Uh, but I waited till I only had help the last nine days. Right. I should have looked into CCAC and some of those things earlier. And I would say if anybody chooses to 
to go the home care route, that they should probably look into those things as early as they can because it is physically, I have a whole new respect for caregivers. Let me just put it that way. Amen to that, sir. Okay. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you so much for calling, Steve. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, we are going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more of your calls and with Dr. Zach, who can give us some more insight on uh, the terrible disease that killed Rob Ford. Uh, Again, he has passed away at the age of 46. And Ross McLean, thank you so much for being here and for staying and sharing your stories and your memories of Rob Ford. Well, I appreciate your listeners that were calling in to share theirs. It's uh, the whole city is going to be feeling this one, Libby, the whole country. Okay. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from 11 to 1. Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back. Very, very sad news today on the passing of Rob Ford, counselor for Etobicoke Ward 2, former mayor of Toronto and beloved of so many people in this city. The tributes have been pouring in from politicians. We've heard from Mayor Tory. We've heard from Kathleen Wynne. We've heard from PC leader Patrick Brown. And now on the line, we have uh, the neighboring councillor, Councillor Stephen Holliday. Hi, how are you? Uh, I wish I could say good morning, Libby, but it's no longer a good morning. Um, mm-hmm. I'm uh, quite saddened and heartbroken about this. Um, I, I, you know, Rob Ford is is a titan, and uh, had a courageous fight with a terrible disease. And I guess he now walks with the titans. Um, I think it's a loss to the city. I, I know not everybody agreed with his politics, but he brought so much to uh, municipal politics. He got people talking about their city, whether they agreed or disagreed. They had those debates out there in public about it. And um, it's a big loss to all of us. Mm -hmm. Do you have any particular fond memories of Rob Ford when you worked together? I'm assuming that as uh, neighboring councillors, you had a lot to do with each other. Well, not only neighboring wars, we were literally uh, neighboring seatmates on the council floor. And I can think of a lot of times when uh, he'd sort of give me a tap on the shoulder or a little jab and say, what on earth are you talking about or why did you do that? I mean, he he was a great source of advice in many ways for me about politics. And uh, I'm certainly going to miss that. But, you know, more importantly, I want to talk more about the, the Rob Ford as an individual. You know, I saw Rob Ford maybe more often at the soccer field. Um, his children and, and my children are similar in age and you know, living close to each other. Uh, our kids engage in the same sports, and I'd see him at games, and we, we talk a little bit, but he, he really is a, you know, a family man and a quiet man and a humble man. And uh, you know, I see a lot of similarities between myself and my life circumstances, and it's, um, it's a shock to the system. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, we're close in age, and, and um, it, it, is a, it is a terrible loss from a very personal perspective for, for him and his family. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, do you know the family well? Um, no, more just socially, again, from the soccer field and, and the, the, the work in politics. Um, you know, that, that's how I knew Rob as, as one of the other, uh, you know, the dads on the other team. But, right. Uh, but we obviously had a good chuckle at the games and would bring up, um, you know, interesting chats from time to time. And he was always a source of advice for me. And have you been hearing from your constituents? Uh, I, I get asked a lot of questions. How's he doing? And, and, uh, and I guess we, we know uh, not, not good, but they would always wish, wish him well through me. 
and I knew they didn't always agree with his politics, but they certainly appreciated what he did for our city and what he did for Etobicoke. And, and that was why it was easy for them to say, you know, please give all the best to him. And, and we tried to pass that on. Okay. Councillor Stephen Holliday, thanks so much. Thank you. Okay. Uh, let's go to the phones. Uh, as I said, we will be talking to uh, Dr. Zach shortly. Uh, first, let's go to Patricia in Toronto. Hi, Patricia. Hello? How are you? I'm here. Uh, I'm okay. Um, uh, what would you like to say about Rob Ford? Rob, oh my God, my heart goes out to the family, to Rob, to Rob's family, especially to the children and to his wife. You know, there was not a time that I could call Rob and he wouldn't answer. He would answer me at 2 o'clock in the morning. I remember one of the time when we, um, I had a, an office, a counseling office. It's called Break Free Family Center. And we were having a lot of issue with Hydra Bill. They would give me all the Hydra Bill from the whole complex. I was located in Dixon Road. Mm-hmm. And I called Rob and I said, Rob, I cannot pay this bill. Every month I would get a bill like $15,000. And I could not understand what was going on. And so one day he called the manager from Hydro and he says, I need you here today. We're going to meet. This man get up out of his bed and he met me there and we solved the problem that same moment because then we realized that we were paying the whole bill for the whole complex. This is a very large complex owned by Geno's at that time. And, um, and Rob solved it. There was nothing that I could have called him for and he was not there. Nothing in my community that I could have asked him for. He played with the guys down the road, and I was always there with him. My heart goes out to him. This morning, I, we've been praying for him. But this morning, I woke up about 5 o'clock, and I have a prior group, and my par- prior partner and I, we got on the phone, and uh, they can attest to that at Mount Sinai Hospital, I call in and I said, please, I do not want to speak to anyone, uh, to Rob. I just want to speak to a family member. And the young lady says, no, I couldn't do that, And I, which I understand. Working in the hospital, I understand what your she was. And then I call Randy at um, Beckham's label, and uh, Randy will attest to this later. I put a prior in the phone for the whole family not knowing that I was going to hear later on that he passed away. Okay, um, Patricia, I think that's an example of of the kind of service Rob gave his constituents. Uh, Thank you so much for your call. Thank you so much for having me today. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, well, now let's go to our house doctor, Dr. Zach, and uh, we have a few minutes before the next break, and... and, uh, Zach, this is terribly sad news, especially here in our neck of the woods. What can you tell us about this rare form of cancer, pleomorphic uh, liposarcoma, that killed Rob Ford? Well, it is uh, obviously very sad news, and not just there. You know, he was he became a, he was a larger than life figure, and of course, uh, this is news across North America. Probably Absolutely. The world. And he uh, and so so sarcoma basically sarcoma is a cancer that develops from uh, cells soft tissue cells like bone cartilage fat muscle things like that as opposed to from the the type of cells uh, epithelial cells which is uh, carcinoma which is the cause of most cancers like breast colon lung and liposarcoma refers to it being fat cells primarily 
And so it's a cancer that develops in fat cells. And pleomorphism refers to the fact that it's variable in size and shape. And there's a lot of different, when you look at it under the microscope, there's a lot of different shapes and sizes. And both of those things make it difficult to treat. It makes it quite an aggressive cancer and difficult to cure, unfortunately. Uh, and the treatments are, you know, the treatments include surgery and uh, chemotherapy and radiation, but unfortunately, as a very aggressive cancer, um, and one that tends to be pretty advanced by the time it is discovered, yeah. uh, the survival rates are pretty, uh, pretty poor. And what are the, are there symptoms? Well, the problem is there, are, there can be symptoms, but often, like a lot of cancers that develop in the abdomen, for example, the symptoms can be found quite late. <clears throat> so apparently, uh, Mr. Ford had, had a CAT scan back in 2011 that didn't show anything. And, and most likely the cancer wasn't even there or it was so small that it, it was just uh, undetectable. So by the time, I don't know what he had uh, the imaging for when it was actually discovered, but often by the time there are symptoms, it's quite advanced. So the symptoms, uh, so in his case, it was in the abdomen. So the symptoms are sort of vague things that people might write off to other things, you know, like bloating or nausea or, or early satiety, so getting full more quickly or, or eventually, you know, enlarging of the abdomen. So you just see that your belly is enlarging and you don't know why for any particular reason. You don't seem to be eating more, exercising less or whatnot. So because of the vagueness of the symptoms, it tends to be discovered late. And because in addition to that, it's quite an aggressive cancer, uh, that those things both make it quite difficult to cure. Now, I, I have a question uh, that we have a little time for. I hope it's not too technical, but you said one of the reasons that it's hard to treat is that there are different shapes and sizes. So why would that make a difference if all those uh, different shape and size tumors have the same um, you know, genetic makeup? Yeah, well, that's a good question. So there's a couple of things. I mean, in terms of whether it's, uh, in terms of surgical approach, it doesn't make a huge difference because you're right, if it's well encapsulated, then then you can probably, you know, take the whole thing out. The problem is that because they are different, even if the genetic makeup is uh, the same, if they're different cells, they may respond differently to treatments. And so, uh, for example, radiation or chemotherapy, if you end up focusing your radiation on, on the tumor, not all of the cells necessarily will respond the exact same way. Not all of them will melt, melt away the exact way that you want to. And, and chemotherapy, similarly, not all the cells, it's, it's more difficult to predict exactly how the cells will respond to chemotherapy than it would be where all the cells are exactly the same. And also, you, when all the cells are exactly the same, it's also more easy to predict exactly the spreading patterns and the growth patterns as opposed to in this one where there may be spread that you, uh, that you have not predicted. And then, of course, the more cancer spreads, the more difficult it is to cure. Okay. Zach, uh, you're going to be hanging on the line. We're about to take a break for traffic and news. I'm going to give the numbers again because we want to hear from you. Um, if you our, our topic was supposed to be shortness of breath with Dr. Zach. Obviously, we are talking about the passing of Rob Ford and the terrible form of cancer that killed him. And uh, our numbers are 416 360 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we will be back with more on Rob Ford on uh, the rare form of cancer that he had, pleomorphic liposarcoma, with Dr. Zach after this break. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from 11 to 1. Fight Back on Zoomer Radio continues. Here is Libby Zneimer. 
Welcome back. And today we are dealing with the tragic news of the passing of Rob Ford this morning at the age of six from a rare form of cancer. We're here with our house doctor, Dr. Zach. But let's go to the phones first. We have callers who've been waiting patiently. Before I take the call, I'll give out the numbers again. 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. Call if you have any condolences or memories of Rob Ford or if you have a question for Dr. Zach about the form of cancer that killed Rob Ford. And we have Karen in Dundalk. Hi, Karen. Hi, Libby. Hi, Dr. Zach. How, how are you today? We're, we're fine. <laughs> Libby, you're doing a great job of, of taking over this show. I wasn't aware that there was somebody as smart as Dale out there, but, but <laughs> you stepped right up to the plate. Great. Thank you. <laughs> um, I just heard about Rob when you were starting the show, and I, I feel incredibly sad. Um, I think he was a great guy. I think he got a lousy deal being picked on and whatever. I mean, if you show me a politician that doesn't have any skeletons in the closet, um, I can probably find some pigs that fly for you. So um, I feel sad for his family and, and young children, and um, I, my perception is he was just an all-around great guy. And um, that, that's all I have to say for now. Okay. Thanks so much for your call, Karen. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, Dr. Zach, we, we have other callers that we're going to get to, but I know that you, you just said that uh, in the case of this type of cancer, pleomorphic liposarcoma and other forms of cancer, especially around the abdomen, the symptoms are really vague. And I can tell people from personal experience it was the same with me when I had pancreatic cancer because... You know, it, it, it could be acid reflux. It could be uh, what used to be called an ulcer. So maybe you can tell uh, our listeners what are some of the symptoms that they shouldn't ignore, even though they could be something else that, you know, stuff that they should have checked out anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if uh, if there is some good to come from this, you may have already said it, it's, it's, uh, it's that people may be more aware and the same thing that you did for uh, pancreatic cancer, you know, just getting awareness up and hopefully people consider it when they have symptoms they don't recognize. And one of the sarcoma can happen, can happen anywhere. And one of the things I was saying earlier is when it happens in the abdomen, especially if it's deep in the abdomen, the symptoms can come on quite late. If, I, I mean, I guess if you're lucky in your, in your bad luck to get it on an extremity, like say it's on your arm, you might develop a lump that you can see quite quickly. But if it's very deep in your abdomen, then you may not you know, develop any symptoms for a while. So symptoms that I would say you can't ignore, is, you know, I would say anything that is persistent, you know, we're all, uh, we're all adults and most of us are Zoomers. And, you know, so we, we kind of know what's normal for us. Anything that is persistent and bothersome, that uh, that is abnormal for us is worth getting checked out. And I'm not saying it has to be seen in the emergency department, but, you know... <laughs> yeah, as an emergency away. doctor, you want to cut down on those visits. <laughs> it's Yeah, ideally. But, you know, I mean, if people have nowhere else to go, we understand. Um, but, you know, if it's good to get things checked out that are not normal for you. Now, specifically in the abdomen, the things I mentioned earlier. Now, the things... Maybe, there are certain things I think are more obvious. You know, if someone has significant weight loss for no reason, even though they're eating well, or if they have no appetite whatsoever, or they're not able to swallow at all and they're vomiting everything up, those are reasons. Um, certainly anything to do with uh, uh, generalized weakness 
or night sweats or chills. Those are reasons. And then digestive problems. You know, we all have digestive problems from time to time. And again, most of us know what's kind of normal for us. Uh, you know, a little bit of reflux after we eat something uh, acidic or something fatty might give us a little bit of uh, more difficulty digesting it. But anything that's not normal for us and that persists and that's more severe deserves to be checked out. You know, even if, it, even if you think, oh, you know, maybe it's nothing. We're all we're all potential candidates for these things. And unfortunately, for certain diseases, like the pleomorphic liposarcoma, there, there's no good screening test. It's, it's no good to recommend to everyone at a certain age to get a cat skin of their belly, you know? It's just, yeah, that's it's, a, not, it's a little yeah, too uh, invasive. Zach, yeah, exactly. That's unfortunate. And the problem is, you know, I end up scanning a lot of people who come in with abdominal pain. You end up finding a lot of things. And, and the, the, well, you're happy when you find something that actually matters and you end up treating it early. You're unhappy when you end up finding something that doesn't matter, just a little lump, but the person ends up having to have a whole bunch of tests only to find out that it's nothing. And it, it just wasted their time and their money and potentially exposed them to bleeding and infection for no reason. Okay, so, Zach, uh, yeah. let's take a couple of calls. We've got Michelle in Georgetown. Hi, Michelle. Um, Libby, um, thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I grew up in um, Etobicoke, so the Ford family, our condolences, um, widely um, known and popular, did tons for Etobicoke Rob Ford. Um, the, the thing that, that strikes me today is my daughter, she was on a trip in Central Europe, and when the group was asked about where they're from, they said Canada, and then my daughter said to this market vendor, Toronto. And what did the guy say? Oh, where Rob Ford's from. <laughs> and um, it wasn't a negative thing. It was just he was known across the world, right? Uh, that well, he why? certainly was. Um, but then, even though for all of those things, the conversation quickly turned to, um, yeah, he's not mayor anymore, but... He did a lot. Didn't he do a lot of good for your city and the group of teenagers there? Oh, yeah, he did, right? And they're not even from Toronto, but recognition of, you know, the opposite. And, but that's human nature for a lot of people, right? Right. Not, not, it's just, I, it's just that, 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 struck me that my daughter was just talking about that and how on in Central Europe somebody commented like that and I'm like hmm just thought I'd share that okay thanks a lot thank you we're going to take uh, just one more call here uh, Les in Hamilton Les in Hamilton are you there Les in Hamilton are you there I am. Do you hear me? I do hear you. Okay. Um, uh, you, you have a marvelous show, by the way. Thank time. you very much. All right. And uh, I want to open up. Uh, there's an expression, isn't there? To err is human. Uh-huh. And forgive divine. Right. Right. And that can be used in the case for doing crap. All right. My condolences to his family. Mm-hmm. And now the question I did have is Toronto consider considering, or can you put it out, considering placing the flags at half-mast? I don't know. I have been sitting here. Uh, I got the news while I was sitting here. Uh, I've read out uh, the uh, statement from Mayor John Tory. Um, 
I would imagine so. I would think that the policy would be... Okay, wait, I stand corrected. Our producer, Justin Eacock, has just told me that uh, Mayor Tory has tweeted it out. Uh... That's right. All flags, I have it right here, all flags on official polls at Toronto Civic Centres, including City Hall, will be flown at half-mast to recognize the passing of Councillor Ford. So uh, there's your answer, Les. Again, thank you ever so much, and my condolences to his family. Okay, thanks a lot. And and, and Toronto. Okay, thank thank you you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, Zach, so we've been talking a little bit about... Uh, recognizing some symptoms, uh, you know, I think you really hit on the key there where you said, if it's not normal for you, even if it doesn't seem like a big deal, and if it hangs around, then it's something to check out. Absolutely. And one of the things uh, I have to say, you know, he, w- he was a very young guy, he was 46. Yeah. And unfortunately, typically cancers in younger people tend to be more aggressive uh, than the than the ones that are discovered in older people, and uh, but I will say you know he was uh, was quite amazing throughout. I was quite amazed throughout. He was appearing publicly, you know, throughout his treatments. You know, he had lost his hair. He was on chemo. He had had surgery. He was appearing, uh, you know, energetically throughout his treatment. It was really quite something. So he he certainly was an energetic fighter. That's for sure. Yeah, and uh, I have to say before we take a break, you know. Uh, people think that when you have cancer, like you have to stop everything. But actually, in a lot of cases, doing some exercise really helps. Yeah, I'm sure that's absolutely true. And and actually, in general, you know, I, I try to encourage people not to take time off if, if they can avoid it. Because even for things like, obviously, it's not the same as cancer, but things like burnout, a lot of people tend to feel worse when they have nothing to do and they're at home. You know, it's good to be active, not only for the physical you know, being physically active, we know, is so good for you, and it's good for fighting cancer, but also for your mental health as well. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to have to take a quick break. We will be back with more from Dr. Zach. More from you. Feel free to call in to talk about your memories of Rob Ford, what you'd like to say to the family, and if you have questions for Dr. Zach, the number is 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740, and we will be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from 11 to 1. Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back. Very sad day today. We just learned that Rob Ford passed away at the age of 46 after a battle with a rare form of cancer. I'm uh, going against my own uh, principles here, calling it a battle of cancer. I don't believe in that. But uh, we're on the line with Dr. Zach, and Dr. Zach is telling us that we have to watch out for anything unusual because even if it doesn't seem like a big deal, it can be. We're also taking your calls about... um, Rob Ford, your memories of Rob Ford, and your messages for his family. The numbers 416 360 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And Zach, have you seen cases of the same kind of cancer that Rob Ford has had? I've- 
I've seen a fair number of uh, not liposarcoma so much. There is a there's a doctor in one of our centers that specializes in sarcoma that uh, involves the bone, and so that's uh, that's and that and lipo is actually one of the less common forms of sarcoma, and uh, and I've seen a number of other ones as well. And general, but generally because they're less common and because they're quite aggressive, uh, they they tend to spread pretty quickly, and it takes. You know, I'm sure uh, that Rob Ford was seeing, and I know he was seeing, uh, you know, real specialists for it because it's not something that uh, certainly someone like me or any kind of primary care doctor would be treating. I would be treating, you know, when they have to come to the emergency department because not only because of the cancer, but because you know the treatments are so strong, as you as you well know, any yeah. of the treatments, the radiation, the the surgery, and the chemotherapy are so strong, they they weaken the immune system, and if you have any infections. With a low white blood cell count, you're, it's quite dangerous, and so I would see them for those sorts of side effects. But yeah, uh, I, I have to tell you, I mean, speaking of that, that can be so terrible and, and demoralizing. Actually, a, a, a friend of mine uh, who we were going to do a segment with now twice, uh, he's being treated for pancreatic cancer, and, and that happened to him. The problem with, with the stent in there, and he's in emergency, and suddenly you're admitted to hospital, and it's kind of... The good news with all those kinds of side effects is that okay, it's 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 not the cancer getting worse, but but the symptoms are terrible, and you have to be in hospital, and it's really a big blow for people. Absolutely, and the treatments. I mean, the treatments are so strong; they really uh, they really knock people out. The one one good thing, I hopefully also that comes from this is that maybe people will talk a little bit more. Uh, just I think it was just yesterday actually I heard that uh, that he was receiving palliative treatment, palliative care, and that's something that, you know, is very important that people uh, know about and appreciate that that's, you know, that's that's not, uh, I think palliative care doctors always hate when people think that palliative care is just, uh, uh, you know, just letting someone die. It's really, it's it's making sure that all the treatments, that per, the, the person has every active treatment to keep going and to, and to still have some quality of life, even if their cancer is not curable. Yeah, I've, I've been trying to make that point, Zach, because I, I'm a prime example. I had palliative care and uh, lived to tell the tale. Yeah, it, It's managing medication and all of that. And, and I just also want to point out to people that there have been studies, at least in certain kinds of cancer, and people who get palliative care live longer mm. more often than people who are, are getting the most aggressive kind of care. Uh, I have some new information here. So we've heard that the flags at City Hall, Metro Hall, and all Toronto Civic Centres are being lowered to half-mast. But now there is an online book of condolences. So people, you can go online to express your condolences about the passing of Rob Ford. And that uh, email address is cityoftorontocondolences.ca. Once again, that is cityoftorontocondolences.ca. So again, Zach, uh, you were saying that you you have a specialist who treated different forms of sarcoma. Did you ever discover it in someone who turned up at the emergency ward, not sure what was wrong with them? Well, uh, certainly, uh, you know, after practicing for for a certain number of years, you come across all sorts of things. And I have to say, um, I've, I've certainly discovered a few uh, cancers and intra-abdominal cancers. Sometimes I'm actually, uh, related a little bit to what we talked about, sometimes I'm actually surprised at how long people wait 
uh, before coming in. You know, uh, sometimes people come in and they and they have lost you know 50 pounds over the past few months, and they're they're not eating anything, and they have very little strength, and uh, and they look really wasted and gaunt, uh, and 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 they just haven't come in because they either you know sometimes I think you know we all can uh, can live in denial and and not uh, not tr- try and think that this is nothing serious. And other times we don't have people that push us. Sometimes we all need. I think, uh, in general, the the stereotype is that men need more pushing than women to go to the doctor to get things checked out. I don't know if it if it bears out, but we all should be paying attention when things check. And uh, yeah, I've certainly um, discovered a few uh, cancers over the years, and but not usually um, uh, really surprising. Like usually, it is people who come in with quite uh, significant symptoms. That end up uh, we end up imaging and finding something. Occasionally, we will find something just because we're looking for something else. Someone will come in, for example, in a car accident. They'll get an X-ray. They'll see a little uh, nodule in the lung, and and then as a result of that, they'll get a CAT scan and a biopsy, and 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 that can be a good thing. You know, then you discover something before it would have been discovered otherwise. And the earlier, obviously, you discover a cancer, the better in terms of the prognosis. Okay. So, So uh, that's good advice, Zach. Thank you so much for that. So people, uh, if something unusual is happening, uh, take care of it. And uh, Zach, we will talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. Thank you, Libby. Okay. Bye-bye. Right now, uh, we are going to go to Joe Warmington from the Toronto Sun, and he was... uh, a journalist that covered Rob Ford extensively. Uh, I would think of him more as Rob Ford's confidant, somebody who was really close. Hello, Joe. Joe? Yes, I'm here, Libby. Uh, So, uh, first of all, uh, you know, you must feel this loss yourself very, very keenly. I do. It's really, really uh, upsetting. I haven't had a chance to fully digest it, although I was you know, quite sure that it was coming soon. Um, but, uh, you know, it's devastating, obviously, for all kinds of reasons. And uh, have you been in touch? I'm assuming you've been in touch with him over the last few months. Yeah, I haven't been in touch with him in the last month or so. He's been very hard to to get uh, on the phone. So I knew it was bad, and I did a, a radio show on News Talk 1010 for many years, and I, I wrapped it up three weeks ago today, and I knew it was problematic because I knew he would come on to that show, uh, and the fact that he didn't didn't come on or didn't even call me back, and there was nothing I could do about it, I knew that it was really bad. Now, uh, I hope this isn't too morbid a question, but, but when you were in touch with him, was he aware that, um, you know, uh, of his mortality or the possibility that he may not survive this disease? He's a very smart man, and he was aware of it, and he didn't, uh, that didn't faze him. I mean, he could take on, you know, the chief of police of Toronto. You name me somebody else who could do that and, and, and actually, in an essence, win. Uh, so he, he's considered cancer an opponent, like a football opponent, that would need uh, some heavy hitting, but... Uh, you know, he always thought he could win, and that's part of what the way the last couple of days shook out, Libby, in that he was supposed to go a lot earlier, but he just refused to go, and that's Rob Ford. And, you know, even the people that hate him, and lots of people hate him, they're pretending that they didn't uh, today, but they did. But even they recognize that he's one ton 
Oh, a tough son of a gun. He's one tough son of a gun. What do you mean when you said that he was supposed to go along so- a lot sooner? Well, was he, his- he was he was so sick that there was really, you know, everybody was on a death watch on Friday, and you know he made it all the way till today, uh, and so, you know, again, that's a testament to his determination to not let this beat him, and he fought like. A demon, just like he did for, you know, his belief that, you know, his his political approach was the right way to go. I don't think it surprises anybody that he was able to do what he did do. What do you think his legacy will be? I think um, there's a few things, uh, Libby, that legacy is. I mean, obviously, politically, his style of politics, which you're seeing with Donald Trump now. Uh, it's not for everybody, and not everybody can achieve it, but, you know, he was the one that, that did achieve it. But also the legacy is the fact that, you know, the, it's very hard to push back against the, the, the mainstream, particularly when you have flaws and you have things that you shouldn't be doing, and they're prepared to put, you know, the police on it. They, the Toronto Star uh, kind of sullied its own, you know, reputation by actually paying for you know, checkbook journalism, which I know you don't do, Libby, and we don't do. It's ironic that the Sun, we never paid for one piece of information. We broke most of the stories on that story. So that's the legacy for me is the fact that, you know, he kind of had a different style and the lengths that people would go to just sort of stop him uh, and, and destroy him. And if you even wrote, wrote fair about him, which I tried to do, they shunned and shamed you for that. You're not allowed to talk to him. He's racist. He's homophobic. All those things. And, of course, all of that was nonsense. Uh, he had his flaws. He was Archie Bunker. Everybody loved Archie Bunker. And I think that the legacy of Rob Ford will be something similar to that. Uh, I'm just going to give out the numbers once again, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We're talking to Joe Warmington, who has... Uh, talked to Rob Ford over the course of years, was almost Rob Ford's confidant, uh, if you want to ask him anything. And coming up afterwards, we're going to be talking to Adrian Batra, now the managing editor of the Toronto Sun, but she used to be Rob Ford's press secretary, and boy, that was a heck of a job at that point. So uh, we're talking to people who were very close to Rob Ford and, and a lot of people wanting to give their condolences and express their feelings at this very sad news. Uh, Joe, who have you heard from since this came out? Well, I mean, obviously I've been just doing media. The, the phone's been ringing off the hook. So I haven't, I haven't talked to, I've talked to a couple people that are close to Rob and I was talking to them last night. Did you talk to the family last night? uh, I talked to people that were close to him. You know, I was in touch with Doug, but I haven't talked to him. Look, you know, I'm not really a confidant. Uh, I am a journalist and a columnist who, you know, because I have that columnist, a little bit more creative license, and I encourage Rob to run for mayor, and, and I didn't change that. It was easy for people to jump off that bandwagon, but I thought, you know what, Uh, I helped... Uh, you know, kind of encourage this, if you will, in the beginning. And I'm not going to jump off it no matter what. Uh, and so, you know, there were times when I had to write very critical things of Rob, but to his credit, you know, he went along with it. He didn't like it, but uh, it had to happen. At the same time, 
you know, when he was in rehab or, you know, I, I sort of pushed him into rehab with the story that I did uh, when he went a little crazy on that video talking about Karen Stinson and his wife and things like that. Uh, you know, we also uh, had a, you know, a, a pretty good understanding that everything was on the record. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to say. I will say this, and I don't know whether it's going to be popular or not, but I'll say it anyway is the people that didn't like him, like Kathleen Wynne, who wouldn't meet with them and didn't treat him even with any respect, the same kind of respect that is afforded to everybody else who has addiction issues and other personal issues, save your statement. Don't even send it out. Tell the truth about how you really feel about it. I have zero respect for her and others like her who pretend they put out these platitudes like they really did care about him and he was this you know, great politician and that. Don't lie to the public. He would not have appreciated it. Tell the truth as it is. The people that are sending me texts that are haters, that are glad, there's people that are tweeting and sending me emails saying that they're corking the champagne, that they're glad he's dead. Oh, uh, I, that, are offended by that. that. I'm not offended by that because that is what Rob Ford was all about. About Go at this like a warrior and, you know, again, stop the the normal kind of course of action, which is to take all this taxpayer's money and fritter it away. Whether he achieved it or not, Libby, I don't know. Uh, that's up for debate, but that was his goal. And, uh, you know, I, I think that people should be honest about how they really feel about him. Uh, now, you mentioned Kathleen Wynne, and I think uh, there's no discussion about that, but do you think uh, Mayor Tory is sincere in his yes. condolences? Yes, I do. I, I know he is. I didn't mention him because they go back a long way. There's a fondness between Tory and Ford, and Doug Ford as well, and the Ford family, you know, back and forth between Tory and them. He is sincere about that. Politically, uh, on, you know, on the political battlefield, if you will, uh, that's a different thing. They felt, the Fords felt that the John Tory kind of had promised them that he wouldn't run for mayor. But in light of everything that happened, I don't think you can blame him. He stepped out of the way and didn't run the first time, and it could have been a different deal. So I think it's sincere with Mayor Tory. You know, again, that's just my own belief, but uh, I believe him. Okay. But not with Kathleen Wynne. Not with Kathleen Wynne. No. Okay. No, that, that I don't I think she should just tell it as it is. I mean, that's the way she was. She wouldn't meet with the guy when he was the elected mayor, and she was the unelected premier. So that's all you need to know about her. Okay. Joe Warmington, thank you so much for your time and your thoughts about Rob Ford, somebody who you had a lot of contact with and wrote a lot about. Thanks very much for that. Thank you, Libby. Okay, we are going to take a quick break. I'm going to give the numbers again because I know there are a lot of people who have something to say about Rob Ford at this time. The numbers to reach us and to get on after the break, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. We're taking a quick break, and we'll be back with Adrian Batra, who was Rob Ford's press secretary in a previous life. Back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from 11 to 1. Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back as we pay tribute to Rob Ford, 
passed away earlier today of a rare form of cancer at the age of 46. We are taking your calls so you can express your thoughts and your memories. The number is 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And on the line, we have Adrian Batra, who is now the editor-in-chief at the Toronto Sun, but used to be Rob Ford's press secretary. And Adrian, first of all, I'm sorry for your loss. This must be very personal for you. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. it yes, it is personal. You know, we've sort of been readying ourselves for, for this for some time, but nothing really ever prepares you for when it actually happens. And Rob was one of the toughest SOBs I've ever met. And, you know, yeah, so it's it's a huge loss. And it's it's very sad, and you know, two young kids, his wife Renata, they've all gone through so so much. His mom Diane, brother Doug, everybody. So you know, that's who I'm thinking about today. When was the last time you had contact with him? It's been some time. Rob and I haven't seen each other um, in a while, um, but uh, but we we you know we talked on the phone occasionally in the in the last few few months, but. Uh, you know, it's it was a it was a complicated relationship, as you can as you can probably appreciate. You know, there were great days that we had on the campaign trail and terrible days that we sometimes had at City Hall. But in the end, um, you know, I I always tried to maintain my friendship with him because I even when he was doing some things that I hated and disagreed with and acting a certain way, you know, I ultimately still had a still had a friendship with this guy and uh and I owe him a lot. Well, you know, I remember I would see you in the the back of television shots sometimes literally, you know, being chased by reporters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah running around running away from reporters in 6-inch heels is never an easy thing. To do. <laughs> but yeah. you know, I uh I been, I've been in politics a long time and uh, been on a lot of political campaigns, been involved in various levels of government, and I wouldn't trade my time with Rob during the 2010 election, and even for that year I was just press secretary at City Hall. I wouldn't trade that for anything. It was fun. It was crazy. It was exhausting, but it was it was epic, and and, uh, and I and I and I and I'm thankful for that. And what was epic about it, and, and why did you take that job? I would think it would be a very tough job. It was a tough thing, especially because when I joined the campaign, my son was one year old, and then when I was at City Hall, he, he just, just about turned two. So it was, it was a very exhausting time. Well, why did I take – you can't turn an opportunity like that down. I mean, when I was first approached to join the campaign as the communications director, you know, I was familiar with who Rob Ford was, and I was aware of some of his, shall we say, antics. Uh, yeah. I believed in the core message of what he was saying. I believed in less government. I believed in accountability and lower taxes. And he was the only guy that was going to do it. And so it was for all of our campaign team, for all the friends that I made during that time and still stay in touch with, you know, he brought so many of us together from so many different walks of life. But yet we were all there to get him elected. And we were there to get him elected because he was the right guy for the city of Toronto at the time. And yeah, it was it was complicated and it was challenging, but but we did it, and uh, I was, as I said, very proud to be a part of that. Adrian, hang on, let's let's take one call from our listeners. 
And we have Dorothy in Toronto. Hi, Dorothy. Hi, Libby. How are you? Um, I was pretty upset to hear that Rob died. Um, I really believed and hoped that he would pull through. I'm most concerned about his wife and the children and the mother because his wife being now a young widow with children and the children growing up without their father is just devastating. So, I mean, you know, he died through Holy Week. I mean, that says something loud and clear of the person he was for the Lord to take him home in Holy Week. And, like, we, we should, when there's a strong personality like Rob Ford, who loves his family and loves people, um, there's a lot of people jealous of that type of personality. They have so much courage. And, you know, like our Holy Father, uh, Pope Francis, says we need mercy in the world right now. And, you know, like you said to me the other day, we were talking about cancer with plastics and stuff, and you said, I said, I believe that, you know, uh, those plastics cause cancer. And you said, well, um, it hasn't been proven. I wish that attitude was more when people start ridiculing someone when they don't even know them. I wish people would say, well, that hasn't been proven. It's hearsay. It's irrelevant. It doesn't prove anything because we don't know if it's true or not, why people will jump on the bandwagon, the haters, and even hide. It's even worse now because they hide behind their computer, the cowards. Okay. You know, and say terrible things about people that hurt them. And I believe that's another thing, the stress of that causes cancer as well. Not only the eating and, and the fats and all the things, but when you're having foods like that and you're stressed because you're hurt, your feelings are hurt because good people like Rob that have that much love, they may hide it, but it hurts them. Absolutely. And uh, I, I'm with you on stress. We don't know exactly where that comes in, but that uh, definitely is a factor that makes everything harder. Thank you, Dorothy, for your call. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for being there for us, Libby. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Um, Adrian, we are going to have to take a quick break, but please hang on the line. We're very anxious to hear some more of your memories of your time with Rob Ford. Uh, the numbers, people, 416-360-0740 or 1-866-744-740, and we'll be back after a quick break. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from 11 to 1. Fight back on Zuma Radio. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back. Very sad news today about the passing of Rob Ford. We're here with Adrian Batra, his former press secretary. And Adrian, I, I know you don't have much time with us left, but I have two questions. First of all, if, if there's any particular memory that you have that you will always cherish of your time with him, and also what you think his legacy will be. Well, I have a lot of memories, and you know, and they're all sort of flooding back now. I actually just wrote a piece, uh, and it's on TorontoSun.com. If your listeners want to go check it out, and I gave a few personal stories about some things that happened during the campaign, and you know, and it just sort of speaks to me about who Rob was. Like we were at a campaign event. I left all my stuff back at the office, and we were downtown, which was 45 minutes away from Etobicoke, and we couldn't, you know, and I left my purse and my wallet and my keys and everything. And, and, and Rob just kicked in with, like, you know, 
parent mode. And he's like, and he was only a few years older than me. You know, he's like, here's 20 bucks. You need, you need to get home somehow and get home safe. And, you know, just I know it sounds silly, but it was just who he was. And he just, he cared about other people so much. And it, it's a simple, it's a simple example, but, you know, we would, I had to staff him at so many events and because I was his press secretary and, you know, I was always, you know, blocking the media from getting in. He's like, oh, I'm going to pull you out on the gridiron and show you moves. Like, okay, you know. So we just, we laughed. We had fun. What? We fought a lot, too, but we had, we had fun. And then as far as his legacy, Libby, I think his legacy should be what he left for the city of Toronto and for people not to forget that Rob cut taxes. He did what he said he was going to do. He was responsible with the public purse on at every turn. And he never, ever forgot about who he was serving. And he was always one that wanted to be held accountable. That's what I, I hope his legacy is. Okay, Adrian Batra, thank you so much for your memories of Rob Ford. And um, I'm sorry for your loss. Oh, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Okay, right now we're going to go to the phones and hear what you have to say. Uh, Maria in Mississauga. Maria in Mississauga, hello. Hello, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good, thank you. Uh, first of all, I'd just like to start by uh, wishing my condolences to the Ford family in this difficult time for their loss. Um, and uh, congratulations to you on your battle and uh, succession with cancer, and may God keep you safe always. Thank you. Um, my comment is, in spite of it all, what bothers me is I understand that this is a time where people are going to express their condolences and well wishes. But one person in particular that I feel is a little, it's a little too late is our Premier Kathleen Wynne. This was a person who um, refused to meet with Mr. Ford on many occasions, did not treat him uh, the way I think he should have been treated because regardless of his antics, he was still the mayor of the city. And now for her to issue a statement, I really think it's pointless. It's it's just a shame, and I don't even think it should be read. Okay. So, um, that's my feeling on the whole thing, and uh, that's it. But oh. other than that, uh, I wish the Ford family, as I said, the very best through this difficult time. Okay. Uh, thanks for your call, and you're not the only person who feels like that. We heard that from Joe Warmington, so... Um you know, if, if Premier Wynne is listening, uh, she probably will get the message. Thanks for your call, Maria. Thank you very much. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, we're now going to go to Norma in Oshawa. Hi, Norma. Hi there, Libby. And thank you so much for uh, putting me on. And thank you so much for carrying on uh, um, in this fight back. You're doing a marvelous job. Thank you very much. What my... I, I won't have any other embellishments to say other than Rob Ford was a man. He was a son. He was a brother, a husband, a father, an uncle, and a man who really believed in what he was doing and that it was the right way. And he stood by that. And he was strong in his beliefs. Um, Burton Cummings, stand tall. That's that's a good one right there. Um, he did what he had to do and felt that he had to do. And my heart goes out to his family, especially his mother. Love, losing a child 
Oh, yes. No matter what the age, it's devastating. I've gone through it. Oh, no, I'm sorry to hear that. But this helps me understand. And I am really, I was really, I was crying my heart out when I heard that. And I don't even know the man other than through media and what people have said pro and con. But you know something? He resonates. He truly resonates even yet. And I hope it continues. Okay, Norma, thank you so much for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, oops. Elizabeth in Scarborough. Hello, Elizabeth. Hi there. Okay, first of all, I just wanted to offer my condolences to the Ford family. And I wanted to mention that Rob Ford has always had my my vote. I felt for him and his family during the period when he was taken to see for certain actions. However, Rob Ford was placed on the top of the pedestal when he admitted to his errors. It is not easy to say I was wrong, but he did. And I just pray that he would, his soul would rest in peace. You, you know, uh, you mentioned something. Nobody really wants to talk about negative stuff, especially at this time. But I, I have to say one of, I think, the really super tragic aspects of this is that it appears that, that he was diagnosed uh, and became ill, you know, after he admitted to and, and dealt with his addiction problem. And addiction problems are... are something that very many people have and that exist in a lot of families. And, you know, he was dealing with it. And that makes this whole story and this whole, uh, you know, his whole uh, uh, illness with cancer all the more tragic. Although, you know, a young person being struck by cancer, it doesn't get much more tragic than that. That's right. I've had it too, but like you, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. However, I really, he really, when he said, yes, I was wrong, I just took my hat off to that guy. It's not easy to do to a loved one, much less to the public. Right, exactly. You know? God bless him. Look after his soul. Okay, thank you, Elizabeth. You're welcome. Okay. We probably have time for one more. We have Alice in Peterborough. Hello, Alice. Hello. Well, all I have to say is um, certainly it's uh, it's a very touching situation. Feel sorry because I didn't I didn't expect it was going to happen. But the thing I the thing that really bothered me is when he was when he was accused of this addiction, like he had denied it, his family denied it, and I think that if he stood up at that point and his family talked to him and said, "Look, at, we got to deal with this," that. I don't think the cancer would have maybe progressed. I think he put himself under stress, and I firmly believe that stress will cause other physical illnesses. And I think if he had been, if he and his supporters and his family had stood up to him and said to him, "Look, we got to deal with this, and you got to admit to it," you know, Alice, he ultimately he did. And you know, the fact is that with cancer, none of us can ever know. None of us can ever know exactly what it is. So you, you can make an educated guess. And at the end of the day, cancer is caused when, you know, we have cells dividing billions of times in our body. And, and, you know, it's a miracle that they don't make mistakes and grow out of control more often than they actually do. But that's the cause of cancer. So I think it's impossible for, for any of us to know what caused it or what could have 
prevented it. That's well, that's just I, my feeling. Uh, well, I disagree with you because I've had cancer too, and I'm cancer free now. That's good. But I'm very glad to hear it, that. But when I got it, I I decided, you know, I'm going to live my life, but I'm not going to do anything to that's going to put too much stress on me. And I, I think that in life, you know, I think we'll we'll all be more healthy if that's what we do. Well, that for sure. And I think I still think that. You know, that he had the strong personality of, you know, I can beat this and, you know, uh, I just, there are things, you know, that are not treatable or you can't beat. So I just feel sorry for the family. I really feel sorry for his family because they went through a lot. Yes, as as we all do. Alice, thank you so much for your call. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Okay, so, um, yes, very sad news today. Uh, and now we have a tweet from Justin Trudeau. Rob Ford fought cancer with courage and determination. My condolences and best wishes to the Ford family today. And that is all the time we have. You know, perhaps we will continue this conversation about Rob Ford tomorrow. And uh, right now we're going to take a break. We're going to have traffic and news. And I will hear from you all tomorrow. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from 11 to 1. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to 1. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to 1. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.